Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Nevers podcast. I'm Laura, and joining me are Chirag and Jason. And uh, hello, <laughs> hi guys. <laughs> and uh, I guess without any further ado, we'll uh, jump straight into this episode. Okay, so we've got some uh, we've got some pretty big news recently dropped. But before we dive into that, what has everybody else been up to since we last recorded? Uh, Laura, you going, didn't you, weren't you making a movie when we talked last? Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, I made, I was in a film, well, I was in a film in April, like a, mm -hmm. as an extra, which was a really cool thing, uh, which is Sam Mendes's new film coming okay. out, Empire of Light. And then recently, a few friends and I made a short horror film, which has still not been... <laughs> released it's edited it's done it's just not you know life just gets in the way but that's cool uh, that'll mm -hmm. be out at some point <laughs> we filmed it really in like one day and then we edited it over a few days and then we've just not put it out uh other than that just been doing kind of like regular work and then some like game streaming and live streaming talking about anime and stuff what about you Chirag? what have you been up to um just kind of like having fun, oh, yeah? watching television. What have I been up to? Um, honestly, I've been focusing on um, on the model making. Um, I was telling, like, uh, you know, Laura and I have, well, we did the live streams in preparation for, not this episode, <laughs> The play, obviously the plan is to talk about more episodes. Um Neither that's neither here nor there. Uh, no, I've been focusing on uh, on model making because um, I'm a little burned out of filmmaking and kind of the amount of effort it takes to get things done and not really making any progress. And what I mean by that is that it's it is what it is, but there's not a lot of personal satisfaction anymore. So I'm kind of focusing on on other things, and I've I've sold a couple builds, so that has been been cool. So. Actresses from the Nevers uh, have been cast in two new upcoming series, but uh, Rochelle Neal, uh, Bonfire, and Viola Predijon, Myrtle, uh, have been busy since filming wrapped on the Nevers this time last year. Neal is set to star as Leah in Lenny Henry's Three Little Birds, uh, a new historical drama from Sir Lenny Henry that chronicles the experiences of the Windrush generation of the British African Caribbean immigrants who came to the UK after the 1948 passing of the British Nationality Act. The series is set to premiere in 2023 on BritBox. Pretajon will star as Thora in the thriller series Never Let Me Go, a drama series inspired by the 2005 science fiction novel of the same name. DNA Productions produces the series with FX Productions and Searchlight Television. Melissa Iqbal, who was a staff writer on The Nevers, wrote the pilot and serves as the showrunner. She also executive produces alongside pilot director Mark Munden, Garland, McDonald, Reich and Maria Fleischer of DNA Productions and Ishiguro. Carmel Cochrane, CSA, served as casting director. Well, that's interesting. An interesting, excuse me, the um, your staff writer moving on to their own show. That's always... Uh... That's always cool. Yeah, she kept never in the title as well. <laughs> I, I'm glad that like some of these some of these folks are getting the launch pad they deserve from being on a major <laughs> flagship HBO show, because it would have kind of sucked if it just f floated into oblivion. Yeah, and nothing really happened. But it's good. 
Even like um what's a uh the actress who plays Amalia? She's she's in a pretty mainstream now too. She had that that Disney Plus Werewolf yeah. by Night. Yeah, that's right. Werewolf by Night. It's really good. By Marco Tacchino, yeah. It was good. And we can talk about that later when we talk about our I have things to I have things to say about that. So, moving into why we're all here and we can all cry a little as we talk about the fact that unfortunately the nevers has indeed been cancelled um what we we were planning to get back together <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um we we were planning to get back together uh to discuss the probability of the nevers not being renewed for a second season based on the aforementioned castings and the nevers noticeable absence from hbo max's upcoming series schedule however there's no need for us to speculate anymore Sadly, we won't get a second season of this fantastic show. As reported by Deadline, The Nevers has officially been cancelled and removed from HBO Max. As we all know, season 1A premiered and concluded back in 2021. Uh, WBD said Wednesday that a number of HBO and HBO Max programmes will be packaged in a new bundle to be sold to third-party free ad-supported streaming. Uh, yeah, so streaming services. Those shows include The Nevers and Westworld, as well as F Boy, Island, um, Legendary, The Time Traveller's Wife, and Raised by Wolves. The removal of the shows from HBO Max means that um, WB Discovery is able to save money in residuals paid to the cast and crews of productions, on top of the money saved by not continuing with those shows at all. That's all from Jennifer Mars of Variety. <sighs> money. Okay, so this is something that uh, Laura and I had discussed um, when we were doing the live streams. That uh, my belief was they were going to run out the series, and the last, the 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 second half was going to be it. Like they, you know, they went from ten episodes to twelve and did a whole bunch of rewrites. I'm like, okay, that sounds like they're preparing to at least at least wrap up the story in some way in case they don't get a season two. Of course, as we know now, um, but I mean, it's, it, there is one good thing though is that. Yeah, the last six will be aired somewhere. Yes. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I don't want to say people are going to have to pirate it, but... Yeah. No, I think, I, think the, I think the worst thing about these things is that they don't die of natural causes. It's like, these are, hom- these are homicides, and, and it seems mm. like WB or whatever, Discovery, <laughs> is at this point a serial killer. Like, and shout out to, by the way... Henry Cavill Superman, who also just got murdered by the WB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh my peace. god, he was really good. I'm gonna miss Henry Cavill Superman. Like I always thought, Superman was kind of lame, but I liked Henry Cavill's, and I was looking yeah. forward to more. But now I want to say this. I, I want to qualify that remark with: I am very confident that James Gunn and Peter Safran are going to create a cohesive plan moving forward. But I mean, Zack Snyder had a plan moving forward. Yeah, so. I, I don't know. I feel like James Gunn is the newest guy to put on the costume of Icarus and just fly directly into the sun. I don't think <laughs> anybody, like, why would you put yourself in that situation to bite, like, that big of an apple? Uh, you're just going to choke on it. It can't, it physically cannot go down a human throat, like, without causing the obstruction of oxygen into your lungs. It's impossible just stop. The uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, based on Laura, what you and I talked about before, it's not a huge surprise. I mean, 
it, it's kind of, it, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in a, in a, a fog of slight misery. Um, not just because of the cancellation of the nevers, but because of, you know, just general life stuff, like relationships ending, uh, dumping someone or getting dumped. And it kind of drawing dots in between. It does feel kind of like getting dumped by a cold, cruel corporate, like boyfriend or girlfriend. It, that's, it feels like, it feels like that a little bit. And I mean, I'm sure we all like wanted, it to live a long successful life and pass away comfortably in a hospital bed surrounded by loved ones and good ratings and yeah i try not to get too attached anymore because it's it keeps happening right i mean the nevers gets canceled and there's what 12 seasons of young sheldon (laughs) damn shots fired bazinga yeah i'm just i think the worry is like where it's gonna air and where how easy it's going to be to watch it. Um, and also, I don't know, any hope of you thinking, oh, you know, after this airs, someone might pick it up. It's kind of gone because they've left it so long. All the actors have been cast in various other projects. Like, it's not, this is going to be it, isn't it? This is it. We're going to get our six episodes and um, maybe some answers, maybe more questions. We don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm hopeful. I, I'm, I am banking on the last six that they, they were, with all the shuffling, someone had the foresight to be like, okay, let's let let's come up, let's see if we can come up with a, a reasonably satisfying conclusion to this. That that's that's my expectation of what what we're gonna see whenever we see it, wherever we see it. But I think maybe it might be. I don't think we can guarantee that it's canceled for sure because so far what we know is that it's just not gonna be on HBO anymore, right? But it's gonna be somewhere else. And depending on its performance somewhere else, maybe if it's cheap enough, it might get something moving forward. Yeah, I think it's just the the hardest thing is going to be even if someone's like, you know what, let's give that a, a chance, even if like Netflix or whoever wants to pick it up. Um, if the actors have all like moved on and got new contracts and obligations. But they're still contracted by like the numbers, get, I think. They probably told them at the start of season like of this filming the season that it was going to be probably not very successful like if they've all been able to go off I don't, I don't know I don't know how strong the contract would have been like I say I'm just hoping for a I'm hoping for a nice rounded off finish that we get yeah some closure so that we can re-watch and that would be nice you can watch the season as a whole and it's like an enjoyable experience because I don't know. I will still watch like something like True Calling that has one season ends on a massive cliffhanger. It's an enjoyable show still, but it's just saddening <laughs> knowing that it goes nowhere. It, it takes out the the rewatchability of a show. Um, remember we talked about? I don't think you'd watch it. But you and I talked about briefly uh, Lovecraft Country because HBO did the same thing one season and then then so long. But it uh, it actually had. It's season one was self-contained. Now, there was the potential for more, the way it was written, but it was a self-contained story, so at least there was a satisfying watch and, as you say, rewatchability. You know what's kind of funny? It's that it's like we watch we watch these shows with these fictional characters who are, like, you know, fighting against the powers that be, the sinister powers that be, and, you know, we have... Like, no matter how many fictional apocalypses that 
Buffy saves us from. There's there's like there's like a sinister powers that be outside of the show itself that always brings the unavoidable apocalypse. It's it's like it's nothing that anybody can be rescued from, unfortunately. But you know, I think and maybe this is just kind of like trying to dress the body well in the coffin, but it seems seems like even if like you know, we we all we all want to kind of go out heroically like jumping into the jaws of something or or like around our loved ones but i feel like even if we just get hit in the face by a bus or or like you know our collateral damage i think it's just as worthy of um a life as uh getting to eight or nine seasons i think it was still worth watching and you know, no matter at whatever, at whatever point the show goes out or stops producing new episodes, it's still whole. Like whatever we saw was a whole round experience that was satisfying. And, and I think that's good enough. I would agree with you. Those, like even just the six we have right now, that is great storytelling as as i've gone on about multiple times just all the pieces work so well together and everyone's kind of firing on all cylinders and yeah because all all, all shows turn bad like game of thrones went all the way to the end and then people just hated it when it was like had its eighth season with the with the relationship and and stuff and and her turning evil so i mean what show has had a satisfying conclusion that has lasted very long yeah. So, I mean, and that's a, that's the whole thing, but we discussed that with the whole Firefly thing too, right? It's like sometimes there's an advantage to getting canceled early because you never got a chance to get bad. So, according to the Deadline Report, the second part, Season 1B, has yet to be scheduled and will now air on a new channel platform, as we discussed. Uh, a producer from The Nevers also reached out to us to confirm that Season 1B episodes will air next year, and Elizabeth Barrington, Lucy Best... Uh, replied to our Instagram post with, there's a plan, don't you worry. Any thoughts on that? And secondary to that, the article also notes that the storyline has been crafted in a way that concludes with season 1B. Okay. So if I'm reading the coding in this correctly, Lucy Best spinoff show confirmed? <laughs> There's a plan. The, well, hey, you know what? They they they, they put her on a boat. Yeah, the hey, last time we the saw her, they, they're like, gonna... we see where she goes, what she does. Oh, I think you're onto something. The um, and yeah, I uh, I I've been very bad at following um anyone's Instagrams, but my own. But um, yeah, there's uh, a couple replies in the uh, in the Nevers feed, and yeah, so it's it's kind of nice that. At least the work that you guys had done um, made enough of an impact that people involved had reached out to 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 Matthew and the, the the Nevers podcast as a whole. I was just I was confused about because I I understand if they don't want to make more episodes, but I don't understand the kind of sh- shipping off of things off the platform, especially when they own it and it's original property. And they're not licensing it from anybody. I it, sure you pay residuals, but don't you want a library of of stuff that people can have? Well, um, I mean, 
this is the thing that I, I imagine we've had other conversations with things like capitalism. And for those who aren't in the know, in America, businesses are beholden to their shareholders. And Warner Discovery is a publicly traded company, which means that the parasites, I mean, uh, shareholders, I don't know where that came from, um, have to get paid first. So because they did the merger, they're doing everything to make sure they show profit and pay out those dividends. As far as creative endeavors and artistic product quality and consistency over a long time scale is not not something that's in the mix. Yeah, what's in- kind of interesting about capitalism is that it, without it, we would not have had the resources or the scale to produce something artistically like the Nevers, but also because of it, whatever that is and whatever art is, is just cheapened by the very existence of like a quantification of it. And it's, it's, it's like, it's like that U2 song, I can't live with or without you. I am, yeah, like I said, I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to seeing how the new writing staff or replacement writing staff has been able to, to conclude the story in a satisfying way. But I mean, they were given two extra episodes, they were given lots of time to film it, so I feel like that they weren't rushed. I think that the way that the, the Nevers is paced as well, you can get through a hell of a lot in one in one episode, but in a way that doesn't feel rushed. They've kind of like set that precedent already in the way that they're, the episodes run. Um, I think we're hopefully a good second half of the season coming for us. What was the experience like for you guys to rewatch it for like the, the second or third time, I'm assuming? Because you, you did a live reaction to the entire season so far. Yeah, Laura. Laura did all the heavy lifting. I just joined in and said my piece. <laughs> I was going to say, I was more the person that's like, well, this is what just happened. Oh, yeah, look at that. And Jason was di- deep diving into everything. No. Um, yeah, it was good. I think I'd watched it twice, um, kind of during, or like, or like once during, once possibly a little bit after um, the, the the recordings of the first podcast during like, the airing of the first part. And then, yeah. I hadn't watched it for a little bit before we did the live stream because I kind of wanted it to feel... I didn't want to watch it in preparation for the live stream. I wanted it to be a little bit more fresh so that kind of our reactions and our our feelings about it were. So we were we were pretty honest about it. We did, we did you know, we weren't... Um, we don't like to be super biased. You know, we're going to pick anything that we don't like about it the same as we would with any TV show. I feel like I feel like our complaints like were because we looked at it critically. I feel like our complaints were pretty limited. Oh, yeah. Like it was even on rewatch, it 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 held up extremely extremely well. And then of course you notice all those things that you missed the yes. first time or two because there's so much happening, right? Because then because once you've watched a couple times, then you then you can look at the then you can kind of look at the more subtle nuance happening on screen. And you catch things that you know the first time your brain might have you didn't see it, but your brain did. But you know. The way Lucy does something, like, oh, her being a spy was there the whole time. Things yeah. like that. Um, so it was really, it was really good. Um, but uh, we also, <laughs> we had trouble staying on topic, eh? <laughs> I think at the end of every episode, we kind of veered off in, like, talking 
about that episode and what we liked and didn't like, but that just led into us talking about other things we were watching that we liked and didn't like and just kind of comparing it to all the telly that was on at the moment. And I think at the time that we did the live stream, uh, I don't think I in particular was, if, if my memory serves me right, and my memory's terrible, but here we go. Um, I don't think I was particularly enjoying anything that I was watching at the time, particularly like live live action stuff. I feel like yeah. that was the case, and, yeah. And that's still kind of um, how I'm feeling now. There there have been a couple of things that I've really enjoyed that we'll discuss. Yeah, no, so the, the rewatch was good. Um, and like it, it was really good for me because, you know, uh, I when I found the Nevers, that's when I found the podcast. So I, like, I got to, you know, the first time listen to you guys. Like, I'd watch the episode, then listen to you guys talk about it. And then, you know, second pass, I get to take your seat, Chirag, and sit down with Laura and go through it and so that was a lot of fun and like I said the um I do feel like like they they we usually did a record for like a couple yeah. hours eh like we did the the run and then and then then we just kind of just let the conversation go where it would and talk about this and that and not just weed and stuff but a bunch of other stuff and um it, it felt very natural uh which I kind of liked I was gonna say it kind of leads us into our next bit yeah what have you what have you guys been watching Oh, um, again, uh, I guess since the time we did the live stream on the last podcast, there's only been a couple kind of couple major live action shows I've watched, which was probably Stranger Things and then most recently Wednesday. I'm mostly just really enjoying anime still. Um, the anime, especially this season that we're in at the minute, is um, just really strong across the board. Yeah, really. It, it's just, uh, it makes me like, live action things less and less the more awesome anime gets like I say Nevis is one of the first live actions that's like really really held my attention and there's been something like fresh and new that looks great has a good story good actors just kind of across the board um pretty much every other live action show I've watched I can like really pick apart and it just ends up like I don't think I'll go back and rewatch them pretty much all the shows I watch on like Netflix and things like that I don't think they have great rewatch value um, whereas like the Nevers and then a lot of the anime I watch every time there's a new season, I'll rewatch the old stuff to like lead me into it. And I think that's the thing with streaming. I saw a post about it the other day. A lot of people just don't do that anymore. Like they get to, they, they get excited for the new season. You sit down to press play on the new season and you forget what happened in the old one because you've not rewatched it. Whereas I think back when like, like when I used to follow TV and I'd buy the DVD box sets and stuff. I'd sit and re before the new one comes out, I'll sit and rewatch up to that point, then get my new box set. And then you do that every time. Wow, you're talking about ancient history. That's <laughs> DVDs, a, that's a Jurassic what is that? period. I've actually started buying DVDs again. Um, just because I'm like, uh I don't I'm so tired of having Paying like a hundred dollars a month for like eight streaming services when I want to go to watch yes. something, like no one has it. That's why I will never get rid of my favorite DVDs. I have like my collection and I will never get rid of them because it's that. You want to sit down and watch your favorite film and it's not on any of them. Yeah, it, well, exactly. I've been watching I, I think I, I think I texted you guys this because it reminded me of Dollhouse, which was Severance. Oh. Have yeah. you guys seen that? Uh it's on my watch list. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. It's like, I mean, I, I watched it like now six months ago. So my admiration of it is less remember, rememberable, but I, I feel it. It's like, okay. So the premise is just like, imagine if you were going into work in the morning and 
like the whole day was instantly over and you were on your way home in the evening as soon as you leave work because there's another version of you because the the company i don't know if i'm being articulate at all but the company severs people's brain um and like half of their identity is the worker and the other half is the guy who's off and they don't have access to each other's like uh i they don't they don't know of each other i mean they do but they can't like communicate right they can't access that so so i mean i just realized how much of a fucking villain i am in my own life um for compartmentalizing a work version of myself and subjecting that guy to corporate enslavement while the off work version of me enjoys the fruits of the other guy's labor uh it's such an interesting thing talking about capitalism and it's like uh the office that they're all working in is like um like a paranasi it's like it's like all of humanity and there's like hallways that have not been discovered yet and religions between different departments that are like warring against each other and like a mysterious founder who they talk about like a god and stuff like that and it's such a good show uh and I'll shut up about it but but uh but also I think it, it reminds me of Dollhouse cuz they're they're both using science fiction to talk about identity and when your identity gets wiped away the the fact that humanity still persists like people can't just be programmed and mechanized because we're not robots we'll, we're still going to fall in love and suffer and celebrate and you know yearn for meaning and purpose and all that stuff so like in the light of all this open ai stuff that's happening right now and uh neuralink and nonsense i feel like it's important to remember that automating art is dehumanizing it's like it it's like shitting on and it's cheapening it's cheapening like the expression of the soul in my opinion there was a passion passion behind that to get that 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 little primer about it and yeah that's uh yeah that's what that's why i want to feel my tv series and that's what i felt in 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 watching watching the Everest because as we've all discussed in various forms like hey Here's the show that's about women with superpowers, but that's not what it's about. It's about, you know, uh, it's anti-capitalist. It's you know pro, uh, you know, anti, you know anti-toxic masculinity, anti-old white guy, pro women having agency over their lives and their bodies, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's uh, and I haven't really found that. Like talk about what we've been watching. What I've been watching is nothing. I mean. The best thing I the best thing I watched recently was Orville season three because um, Seth MacFarlane really knocked it out of the park telling amazing amazing sci-fi allegorical everything has a place every story had a purpose and a and a theme and and just things that things that connect um, so that was kind of the best I've seen it's like as I've said uh, when Laura and I were discussing various things when we were doing a lot of the rewatch new star trek for depth sucks strange new worlds is pretty good but it does not reach the depth of storytelling that we'll call it golden age trek had because look at there's a lot of people like ooh, old trek's awesome new trek sucks I'm like no at least 50 percent or more of old trek anything for the last 50 years sucked take the rose-colored glasses off but Orville was able to go deep 
in into into the storytelling and and uh, and really really take things apart. And I appreciated that. And it's another one that's that's probably gone. Like they did three seasons, it's probably not coming back. And that's unfortunate oh, it's because. Canceled. Well, it yeah. Yes and no. In that Fox canceled after season two, Hulu picked up for another season, but that was it. So it's not canceled so much as there's just nothing moving forward, and it probably won't. Because everyone was released from their contracts at the end of the at the end of the Hulu season, so there's probably not going to be any anymore. I would say it's probably the best thing as far as TV that I've watched recently. Because I'm I'm hesitant. To, honestly, I'm hesitant to get into new shows because I'm like, am I going to get into it, and is it going to get canceled? Well, I don't. I don't have the. You don't. I don't have the emotional bandwidth. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that with Atlanta because it. I think the. I just watched the series premiere this morning actually, and I, I'm still kind of high off of how good it is. Like, I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, my my passion for Severance is is equaled uh, by Atlanta by Atlanta for sure, especially the last episode. It's so good. Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's on my radar, and that's only like. I haven't really. I, I've heard Atlanta's good, but when I see Donald Glover's involved, I'm like, I already have a great deal of trust in his ability. So I'm like, I'm I'm kind of kind of pre-sold already. You know what's interesting though, because Donald Glover's kind of electric in almost anything I've seen him in, but in Atlanta, he's he's like very subtle and boring, which is really interesting because he has such charisma, but his character in Atlanta is so like. Um, I don't know. It's so unreactive, not com- like comedically theatrical or expressive, inexpressive. Like a like, it's an interesting choice, and um, I think a lot of shows like have A stories, B stories, C stories, and things like that, but they stay mm-hmm. separate and com- compartmentalized to an extent. Yeah, Atlanta does this thing that I've never seen from a lot of other shows, which is like their A story and B story. Um, interact with each other they kind of it manages to seamlessly interweave these things together um, and they don't say stay separate and they have these really bizarre interactions in a way that is kind of loopy like if you've seen you know those like instagram stories that uh end where they started so it's kind of like a loop that forms an infinite circle it's it's like Atlanta figured out how to be narratively loopy in a way that I have never okay. seen from a TV show. It's so good. Highly recommend that. I mean, I will say that I have, I'm just about finished American Dad. <laughs> I was just going to say 18 how seasons. seasons. 18 seasons of American Dad. Uh, I think I had like six episodes to go to get, get caught up. and Because um, it's, it's, it's still silly, but it's um, narratively more focused than Family Guy, right? So it's, um, and you, it's that whole irony of like, you know, like, here's my show where I'm making fun of conservatives and, and, and whatnot. Um, you know, because Stan means well, but he's a big stupid oaf who has backwards views that, and his own views consistently hurt him in, in storytelling. Um, but yeah, so that, but that, that, that's, that's dessert. I mean, that's, there's no depth to it. Game of Thrones, House of Dragon. Uh, yeah. I, I do not watch. You don't watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, huh? I watch. No. I watched three seasons. I'm like, nah, I'm done with this. <laughs> I never liked Game of Thrones. I watched like the first episode and then I just really didn't like it. Um, I had, I sat in, I was at someone's house and I was watching an episode of House of Dragons and I was actually kind of like, this is quite interesting. This is better than Game of Thrones. Like I, I'm, I was at the point where I was like, should I watch this show? And maybe if I get bored one day, I will. 
because it seemed more intriguing to me than Game of Thrones ever did. Um, and the actors and everything seemed much better. Um, well, you'll be glad to know that soon HBO will be renamed the Game of Thrones Network. And that's actually <laughs> why all the other shows are being cancelled, because the money is being redistributed to just a slew of Game of Thrones spinoffs. That's what everything's dragons. being replaced by. I will say 1899 looks interesting. Yeah, I've heard good things. I've not watched it yet, but it's I, on my list. Yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't, yeah, I haven't watched it, but um, the trailers are intriguing. And uh, you guys have watched Wednesday. I haven't, uh, I haven't checked it out. Um, I really enjoyed the show. It was good. I, I was looking forward to it for a long time because um, Adam's family is totally my jam. Yeah, it was a good series. It, it's nice to see that uh, Tim Burton, who is a famous film director can put together such a great TV show like with nice pacing and good story and everything like better than a lot of the other people making TV shows out there at the minute not as weird as I like it wasn't that it was pretty low key honestly but it was dark and it was funny had enough interesting characters costume was great like costume was really great um good music yeah there was like a few bits about it that were, were not incredible and that I didn't really like um but not enough to ruin the show. It's just like uh, like a show overall. Yeah, I really enjoyed it and will probably watch again in the future. It was very like, I wasn't expecting it to be like such a mystery adventure drama. But it's basically her being detective. So, and it, and it really keeps you on your toes the whole season. Like, I kept being like, I know... I know who done it. I know who it is. I know, and I just it keeps throwing you left, right, and center. Uh, I like how it is very interesting, and I like how separated it is from the Adams family. So they're only in the first episode when they like drop her off at school, and then they're in like uh, the third or fourth episode uh, where it kind of revisits moments from um, Morticia and Gomez's past. And that would be, for me, probably the weakest episode. It, like, the stuff that was happening was interesting. But for me, um, I love their casting. Um, I absolutely adore Catherine Zeta-Jones. But I just don't think that they gelled together as naturally as one would want. Because they're supposed to be, like, the epitome of what a couple is. And, like, love each other unconditionally in their own weird way. But, like, they're, like, couple goals but yeah, it didn't. It, it felt almost a little bit forced and a little bit cringy. Um, but everything that was literally just Wednesday, being Wednesday at her school, you kind of forget that she's Wednesday Adams. She's just her very own person, and you know, it's a whole new depth to this character that like we've not seen before, and all the other characters and the kids at the school. I mean, look, I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan, but at least he has a style and a vision, and that. That's pretty cool. I watched the ILM documentary. This is all about the early, you know, how he formed, George Lucas formed ILM because no one could do the visual effects he needed for Star Wars. So he had to create everything from scratch. And so it's about creating the company and how it then became its own entity because there was never any plans to for it to exist beyond Star Wars, right? And how it just evolved into a post-production house. Mm. That's, it's that's very, what Jim Cameron's it's, it's, doing, too, it's, it's very I interesting. with Avatar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if no one else... Well, yeah, because... Yeah, same thing. The things he wants to do, no one else can do, so he's got to develop it all himself. And now that we're talking about things, Ted Lasso. 
Well, okay, because I, I I watch it, then I, I actually end up binging the, the the two the two existing seasons very quickly because it's such a good it is such a good show, um, and uh, it's that whole thing when you get into storytelling, right? Like you know, it's called Ted Lasso, and we're following him because he's the protagonist, he's driving the plot forward. But the first season is actually about the team owner and her getting over her her traumas and and whatnot. And then, say, then season two, we start looking at why is Ted the way he is? Like, you know, what's what's caused him to be this super nice, nice always look on the right side guy? And then we you know, see his, we talk about his past issues and whatnot. It's um, it's a very good, it's a very heartwarming show. Um, we need more, honestly, we need more of that. Less dark, less gritty, less awful, less... Look, at, we already know humanity's terrible. You don't need to remind us 15 times a day with new shows. Can we look at some of the brighter stuff, please? Um, talking about Chirag mentioned Hayao Miyazaki. There is a new film coming out, um, directed by the July. in retirement, out of retirement, in retirement. Um, so Studio Ghibli movie by Hayao Miyazaki. So he just loves making films. It's like I think he just tries to retire, and no, it's just really in him. Like even um, so, from up on Puppy Hill is a very kind of just real-world movie, nothing um, mystical or adventurous about it, just r- very real people. And it was uh, his son's second, like, directorial debut. Um, but he ended up coming on board. He just can't help it. <laughs> um, and it is, he pays very close attention to just, this person's just walking into a room, but everything about that has meaning and is beautiful and um animating very simple things like that and making sure that they all together just build this amazing film it i like it it seems to me like miyazaki does better than or i don't want to compare it to anybody but he does it in such a good way which is like finding the magic in the ordinary and it's it kind of lives at this intersection between childhood and and innocence and beauty and magic and getting old and forgetting about it all. And it's what's better than spirit. What movie is more anti-capitalist than spirited away? Well, I was going to say that like, I love the Miyazaki films that are like the mystical and the adventurous and everything, but they're very real life ones um, from up, from up on Poppy Hill and uh, Whisper of the Heart, especially. They're both just very real world um, kind of day in the life or a few days in the life of. Um, and they're probably one, some of my favourite. Uh, so I don't know if a lot of people that have seen, you know, Spirit Away, your House Moving Castle have like gone really into the world of Ghibli, but those are, those are just as good. Um, really, really fantastic movies. Don't watch Grave of the Fireflies unless you really, really want to be depressed for, like, ever. It's literally, like, one of those films that you just think about every now and then and then you feel just as depressed again as when you watched it. Um, so coming out of the depressing note, anything else I watched? I've been going to the cinema more. Um, what did I see? I saw... Oh, Don't Worry, Darling. I, I enjoyed it. It was, like, I hadn't been to the cinema for a while, especially to see, like, a live-action film. You know, something that wasn't Disney. Um, so I, I enjoyed my cinema-going experience. The movie has some pacing issues for me, and um, I would have liked it to have delved into more areas rather than others. 
but it was like it was it was it was an art film i yeah it was a shame well on a plus it had all that controversy like surrounding it which publicized it heavily more not that it needed publicizing it has florence Pugh in it and she is like the biggest up-and-coming actress Mm -hmm. of the moment um Mm -hmm. well it's got a great cast yeah and you know what harry styles um for someone that's not a trained actor is is good is fine like people like really rip him apart and i'm like look there are trained actors that have been doing this forever and they suck more than he does like so <laughs> give the guy a break do you know what i mean he does a good job so here the so you, you heard it here first from laura he doesn't he suck. doesn't suck he's all right <laughs> he was great in dunkirk <laughs> he was great in dunkirk did he have any lines or was he- I'm trying like I'm, I watched Dunkirk, but I, he was on the he was like, uh, like the group on the beach. Yeah, in the that boat, got, wreck, like, yeah. Was running away and yeah. It, but it's like it was just super tense. I only, I only saw it the once in cinema, and again, you know, it's kind of depressing. Like I think once was enough. Well, if you well if you want depressing, Christopher Nolan's doing Oppenheimer. Oh, so. that looks yeah. Uh, we'll see that. That's got a stellar <laughs> cast. Look, I think it's going to be great, but like much for me. Most Christopher Nolan movies are a single watch. I rarely come back to them. Okay. I feel like with Oppenheimer, they're just setting it up to bomb. I mean, not even of its title association, but I don't know who's like he because he 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 takes he makes movies for like two hundred million dollars, and I don't know how if that many people are going to go and pay to see like a historical drama. Starring every person in Hollywood, um, I do think it's gonna. I mean, I think it's broad spectrum. Will it do well? I don't know. Will it have Chris Chris Nolan fans? Yeah. I mean, is there enough of them? Maybe. Maybe, but you know, it's not Batman. And talking about Batman, um, I also saw Amsterdam with Christian Balin, and uh, it had other people in it too. But really, for me, it was just like a Christian Bale enjoyment movie. Because he was great in it, and it focused a lot on him. It was nice to just go to the cinema and enjoy a, a Christian Bale movie. Um, the movie was okay. It was it was funny at times. It had Mike Myers in it, and uh, he's great. Just waiting on that Austin Powers four movie. Is that the thing that's actually no? Happening? I'm just like for years oh. now. I've been saying, do you know what the world needs? <laughs> the world needs more, more Austin, Austin Powers, Powers movies. <laughs> My favorite thing about that franchise is uh, the Seth Green character who who is the lone <laughs> oasis of dramaticism in a movie of absurdities. He's like the only guy who's behaving real yeah. and is actually hurt and traumatized. And he's in he's in like and I think I heard somewhere he's like he's in a soap opera in in like a like a real dramatic Shakespearean thing um, in the middle of just. Uh, you know, yak yak. Yeah, and, and it's, he's so good. <laughs> Have you guys seen Cobra Kai by chance? A new I season not. just dropped this year. It's on Netflix. Are you Karate Kid fans? I am not. <laughs> You're not the original no. movie. No, and I grew and I grew up. I was a kid. I was the same age as the Karate Kid, or roughly the same age as Ralph Macchio yeah. when it was out. Yeah, no, I never got into it. I was going to say, I have an older brother and sister, so I kind of grew up on 80s movies. But yeah, Karate Kid was never mm-hmm. one that was like, just like in our family watching zone. It just wasn't. Well, it's amazing. It's 
like it's kind of built for itself its own universe of Karate Kid and it kind of pulls from the past and you know kind of like all nostalgia fare but I've never seen it done better than in Karate than in Cobra Mm. Kai and I've actually every episode is like an end game where different characters are coming out of portals Mm. from Karate Kid (laughs) 2 or 3 or something I've heard nothing but good things about it though I will say that which is always nice yeah there's like um the best thing about Cobra Kai is it's so ridiculous and so there, there's a it's like they're they're kids in a karate class and it everything is taken so seriously and there's a there's like Shakespearean grudges and rivalries and love triangles and childhood brutality like you have not seen and um and they they do it so well the the brutality part and uh there's like karate gangs fighting in high school and stuff. It's amazing. And my, and my feeling about it, um, is that the, it's, it's like a metaphor for politics in America because Billy Zapka, who plays the Billy, the bully in the original Karate Kid, he's the protagonist here and he's kind of like the blue collar anti woke guy who's like, who'll call you, who'll call you out with the politically incorrect word. And, Daniel LaRusso, the karate kid, is kind of like the condescending elite liberal. And the story is about them becoming, we all want them to become friends and, and they, they should be friends, but there's forces that are pushing them apart and misunderstandings and this and that. And it's like this kind of flirting between the karate kid and the bully representing these parts of America that throughout in a very interesting way. So, okay, so once again, so this, this is my problem with watching new content is I don't trust the advertisements, so I'm hesitant to get involved. Now, when I talk to someone, like, you know, you just, like, you describe it in that fashion, like, okay, that seems interesting to me. Because that whole thing is like, you know, so when you, when you ask someone, what's it about? And they tell you the plot. I'm like, no, no, I don't care what happens. What is it about? That's what I want to know. That's what I'm interested in. So, yeah, when you describe it that way, I'm like, okay, that sounds like something I would definitely be into watching. You're then. right that there are so many, like, I've seen so many adverts for things and you just have no mm. idea what what it's about or what it's for. And it's like, oh, that might look pretty, but, like, I don't want to have to search through the internet to find what what your thing is. Like, can you yeah, just exactly. tell me? <laughs> and that's similarly just to, like, the promotion of things, like, in general. Um Mm-hmm. I went to see Disney's latest film, Strange World. And again, I went to see it at the cinema and it was really good. But it, I'd literally only seen one teaser trailer for it beforehand, like months before. I hadn't seen a full trailer. And it seems like Disney... Is that the one that... It, like, it bombed at the box office because Disney literally did yeah, not promote it, 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 it at it all. It bombed, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's not the film's fault because Disney obviously didn't want it to do well. Did Like, Disney and other people, they know what they want to be successful um, like I know last year or the year before whenever it was because um, time in the last three years I have no idea what happened when Luca came out on Disney Plus and I absolutely loved it fantastic movie I went to Disneyland and they had like no merchandise for it Encanto was coming out and there was merchandise for Encanto everywhere they were telling people that the film was good and to buy the merchandise before the film had even come out Um. And then Encanto becomes, like, the biggest hit and, you know, everybody loves it. 
I I did not. It was it was fine. It was like not a great movie. Like, and then there's other movies that don't get promoted at all, and they're fantastic. And it's just like, wow, you were literally picking and choosing, like, and not brainwashing, but kind of like people to like what you want to like, um, which is insane. If you could make every single thing you're making super successful just by promoting it literally just by letting people know that it exists like why why are you pumping out like disney are pumping out so much content they're not even promoting it all what's the point it's frustrating (laughs) yeah the fact that like someone would film an entire tv show completely basically do all the post-production and then not put it out into the world is just insane so guys what now yeah what now that that is the question the uh, now you and I had, had you and I had talked about doing uh, Doctor Horrible. We did mention that, yeah. Mm. I wouldn't mind. It, it's something yeah. that's easily done. It's hard to watch Doctor Horrible without singing along, but um, I mean, you're 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 right. <laughs> I think I think talking and and laughing along mm. with with fans would be better. Yeah, I think I think like for for me at least, doing a reaction of Doctor Horrible will be ninety nine percent singing yeah. and along to Doctor Horrible. <laughs> It's one of those. It, it's such a unique little piece that came out of the, just this weird time—the mm. writers' strike and whatnot—and then just producing this little weird, unique piece of content. So yeah, I think doing that as a live stream, if fans would uh, mm-hmm. would like that, we're definitely on yeah, board. Yeah, absolutely. You, you going to join us for that one, Shrug? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, but we are. There's more to talk about, though, right? Because there is going to be six more episodes at some point somewhere. So we'll. We still have that to look forward yes, to. Yes, we will do in that. Question mar- in question mark time. Yeah, who knows? Have you guys seen, uh, you guys seen Wakanda Forever? I, no. I actually have been really, really bad at watching the new Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> really? I watched Doctor Strange and I watched Thor, but that's about it. Why did you watch oh, Thor? Oh, and She-Hulk. No, I watched Thor as well. I wish I could get those two hours back. Oh, it was good. <laughs> I liked Thor. Thor has become my favorite character um, because he's... Just because of the, if you look at his arc over all the movies in Marvel, not just the Thor movies specifically, and look, this is the thing. Like, everyone's hanging Taika Waititi out to dry, which you gave the man a movie, and this is what he came with. Why are you surprised with the result you get? But also, Kevin Feige, you can piss right off because you gave it the green light. You got the script, he gave you a script. That you approved. And like, no, Taika Waititi's out. This movie's terrible. Now, and look at it. It is terrible because Ragnarok was brilliant. Its balance of comedy and drama was perfect. Perfect. Whereas Love and Thunder, any dramatic moment, except at the end, they ruined it with a joke. It was bad writing. It was bad decision making on the part of everyone. But to see Chris Hemsworth out again, absolutely. To see uh, to see Jane Foster come back, yes, there's a lot of good about it. Um, and the ultimate, ultimately, the story is good. I mean, the truth is, uh, Christian Bale as the God Killer is the more interesting character in the movie, even though he didn't get enough screen time. We didn't really get enough to work with with him, which is unfortunate. Um, anyway, sorry, long thing. Um, <laughs> he is basically atheism. Gore the God Butcher. Yeah. 
his character is atheism in that movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because because yeah. he, he starts and yeah, like and like I said, I I'm like and that's like the opening, the opening of Ragnarok is strong. Like that's a very very solid premise yeah. to build your movie off of. Hundred percent. It just when you said when you gave Taika the choice to focus on the drama that's happening or tell a joke, he told a joke, and that was that was stupid, and he should have known better. It's not. It's not what we do in the shadows. It's Thor, which needs to be handled with equal parts of humor and seriousness, because that's just how the character works. You know, it's you know, it's really interesting about that examination of it, which is that Thor himself, his whole shtick, like the conceit of Thor, is his ego and his self regard and and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, right? Which is taking yourself seriously, and the. Taika Waititi direction is taking things not seriously mm-hmm. and when the subject of your movie is Thor but not only Thor but like uh, thematically that movie is about God and religion mm-hmm. and meaning and purpose that's what um, uh, what Love and Thunder is about mm-hmm. and like you have to I think go absurdly comic to counterbalance the seriousness of religion because it it is possibly the most powerful institution on the planet mm-hmm. the uh, there's, there's, there's a few moments like that aside like the the individual moments between characters that that were that were ruined because of that um like the whole thing with zeus and when they go to what, whatnot the Russell I think the hu- yeah the the humor there was served very very well I think like it fit that whole that whole segment of the movie, um, but yeah and look I I understand that Thor is Thor is lost and broken after the events of from Ragnarok to Infinity or Endgame I understand that and he has to find himself again it's just like I said it wasn't handled as well as it could have been. Well, okay. Was it was it a waste of two hours? No, there's entertainment value in it, but it is a unworthy successor to Ragnarok, if that makes sense. Like Thor was an unworthy successor to Odin. There he is. There he is. <laughs> Laura, you're gonna say something. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Laura. I- sorry. Um, uh, honestly, what were we talking about before that? I, we'll just talk about what's next. What's next? The other thing that is a possibility um, for us to continue on is uh, to resume the Dollhouse Awakened series. So we did kind of talk about just doing like season reviews or maybe even like clumps of episodes, like as opposed to like episode by episode, um, because it does have quite a lot of filler and episodes that don't really mean or amount to anything in it. But uh, yeah, I was I, I, I watched the both seasons, but I was really wasn't into it. Ah, uh, see, this was, like, I watched it, and then I remember it came in to Blockbuster, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> watched it because it was a Whedon show, and then I must have watched it, like, two or three times before the second season come out. I've watched it a lot. I do mm-hmm. watch it a lot. Yeah, I really enjoy it. It's a really good show. Like I say, there are episodes where it's like, oh, uh, this one's a bit long, and you just kind of get through it, but... The second season, especially once the whole kind of arc kicks in and and you have this not just episode by episode, but the story really starts to build. It's, yeah, I love it. 
Yeah, I haven't seen it, and I I don't think I've seen it in at least ten years. So I my memory of it is very foggy. But I like I like its exploration of identity. I like what it's trying to talk about, even if it's stepping on eggshells and being PG because it's on mm-hmm. network television and yeah. not like a premier service or streaming. Because at that time, I'm sure there are concessions that had to be made creatively, but. I I I want to revisit Dollhouse. It's just a time commitment. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think um, I've said it before that Dollhouse. I feel like if it had come out in the era like when Westworld was first airing, for example, like I didn't enjoy Westworld, but it had a large viewing. If so it I came feel out like like Westworld, it would have been canceled by Warner Brothers Discovery <laughs> and. Yeah, but Westworld has, has Westworld, in my opinion, is not very good, and it's had however many seasons. Right. Dollhouse got cancelled um, by the end of like the first one. They were allowed to make like and finish their second season, but they knew they were being they knew they were done. Yeah, they were like, oh, we don't want to do the Firefly thing two times. Yeah, they were allowed row, to so. finish the story. If we do, if we do continue the Dollhouse Awaken podcast. I strongly recommend that we rename it Dollhouse Woke instead of Awaken. <laughs> and I feel like that will generate a lot more interest on, on, online in our advantage. You know, it's a keyword, buzzword. It's all about keywords, yeah. yeah. We also have a very uh, special episode of the podcast in the works, but uh, that's a secret for now. But it should be good. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about yet that you guys, like, ideas for future uh, episodes? Uh, actually, that, that's, a, that's a question that's been on my mind, is what happens, yeah, like, there's six more episodes that we can discuss at some point. Oh, after the next. Well, yeah, what happens after that? Do, do we disband, or do we... Honestly, if we could find between us, you know, every season of the year, not, like, season of TV, but um, a TV show that is new out that we're all kind of like yeah we're gonna watch that then i I, i'm personally happy to talk about as we have done in this this episode of the podcast you know we all we all are uh semi-passionate and and into watching our television so if there's a show that we're all like oh that looks great we you know i'm happy to talk about and follow yeah so if the fans are happy for us to talk about the new big shows that are coming out to watch along and, and 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 delve into them then uh I think we're all kind of on board for that. Can we uh, the 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 song where where do we go from here from once mm-hmm. once more with feeling? Can we do? A, Are you gonna sing it? Yeah, I was I was gonna <laughs> say. Can we do a sing along like answer like the climax of that song? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Yeah, since reading this, like how that one goes. Life's not a song. Life isn't bliss. Life is just this. It's living. You'll oh, get along. Oh, it's that one. Yeah, so do I. The pain that you feel <clears throat> only can heal. It's a good song, yeah. It is. It really is. They make very interesting choices. It's not like, um, it's not your standard melodies and harmonies. And it goes where you don't expect it to go. It's it's the best episode of television about depression, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, thanks for listening as always. As always, uh, you can stream the Nevers podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, and most of 
pretty much any other podcasting apps. Um, for more Nevers related content, you can visit us on the interweb um, at hbothenevers.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at hbothenevers and the Nevers podcast um, on Instagram. Uh, and then the Nevers podcast without the A, that one's on Twitter. Um, any comments or questions, send them to the Nevers podcast at gmail.com. And in future episodes, we can answer those and chat about what you guys think. If you enjoy the Nevers podcast, please consider leaving us a positive review. Uh, this is where I'll say thank you to my co-hosts and um, and invite. No, Laura, thank <laughs> I know you. Chira- Chirag's it's a gonna, pleasure as always. I'm just always wondering what Chirag's going <laughs> to tell the people when I ask him to, to plug his social media and other such things. So take it away. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I've taken a cue from HBO and I've canceled my Twitter. And, <laughs> and that, that so, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm on Instagram, but that's private. So you can't get, get <laughs> so in touch with me. No, I'm inaccessible. What about you, Jason? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Jason's Model Shop because that's where I'm putting all my energy. Building models and talking about models and selling models. Sci-fi and pop culture. Star Trek, Star Wars, Back to the Future. Uh, so yeah, that, that's where you can find me. Jason's Model Shop everywhere. Everywhere. If you want to follow me for whatever reason, you can catch me on Instagram or on Twitch at LauraJP1721. Uh, much like Jason. I don't... I don't. It's very nerdy. On Twitch, it's just like gaming. I, I try to... Mm-hmm. I feel like fi- finding time to play video games now is difficult. So if I... If I'm like, I'm going to stream later, then I'm I'm making sure that I'm putting aside some gaming time. Um, mm-hmm. And then I do talk with Tyg about uh, mostly anime um, because, you know, anime is king. And then... Uh, yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, it's not it's not like a, a fame following thing. It's <laughs> Twitch is Twitch is slow going. <laughs> but... Um, yeah this has been the Nevers podcast um thank you everyone for listening thank you again to Jason and Chirag and um we will see you on the next episode thank you very much take care everyone <laughs>